Hey guys, this is WWE superstar Charlotte Flair, and you're listening to Wells Mania Podcast. Woo! are now running wild with the most underrated wrestling podcast in the world, Wells Mania Podcast, and this right here, episode 105, this is, if you couldn't tell, by the greatest Christmas song of all time, Last Christmas by Wham, bumping us in, this is the Wells Mania Podcast Christmas special, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, I am your host, the Kyle Wells, and joining me in the Wells Mania studio, he is the gift that keeps on giving the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne. Peyton, Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to all of the listeners out there. And you're right, I am. I'm the greatest gift that anyone could ever get. I mean, just look at what I've done to this show. You definitely have enhanced the Wells Mania podcast. I will give credit where credit is due, and uh, I am very appreciative of all that you bring to the most underrated wrestling podcast in the world. Be sure to subscribe to the Wells Mania podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you run wild with Peyton and Wells Mania, and be sure to follow. Actually check and make sure that you're following the Wells Mania podcast. And then when you realize that you are, go ahead and leave a five-star review if you haven't already. 19 people have, so there's 19 five-star reviews out there on Spotify, but we would like to get that number even higher. And Peyton, we are coming up to 2024. We are literally just days away from the new year. And the Wells Mania podcast... We are going to do it even bigger. We are going to do it even better in 2024. And the only way that we can continue our growth and success is you, the Wells Maniacs out there. Keep running wild with us. Keep retweeting the tweets on social media, on the Twitter. Keep liking the Facebook page. Keep liking the Instagram page. Keep liking all the TikTok videos. Thank you all so much for your continued support. I am thankful for all of you. You are the gift that keeps on giving. Now, Peyton, we are just days away from Christmas. This is the Christmas special, so we're going to dive into our top five favorite Christmas songs because you haven't been able to escape Christmas songs since Halloween. And we're going to reveal our top five favorite Christmas movies, because they're all over television and all over the streaming platforms. And we're going to reveal... What do we have on our WWE Christmas list? Like, I'm talking about toys, uh, action figures, memorabilia, championship titles, t-shirts. Peyton will reveal what he's got on his. I will reveal what I got on mine. Peyton, but before we get into the Christmas side of this episode, episode 105. Joining us right now via the Wells Mania Hotline, he is the pit bull of professional wrestling, arguably the 2023 Independent Rookie Wrestler of the Year. I just went ahead and awarded him that. And he's a friend of the Wells Mania podcast who has been doing such a phenomenal job with all of these graphics that I have been putting out on my social media. And he wrestled you, Peyton. He wrestled you in Canada. Joining us right now, Dion Freeman, a.k.a. Pitt. How's it going, brother? Going pretty good. Got back from Canada with a dub. Oh, we're starting out hot. Real quick, that the it is bigger than the bark. So, one, if we're going to get right into this, you're a fucking cheater. Whoa. All right. Me, Gene Okerlund, right off the bat. The referee cost me that match. Everybody in that building saw the referee cost me that match. I dominated 99% of that match. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. No, hold on. I'm pretty positive if there's a replay, which will be out soon, hopefully. Pretty sure you're the one that took the chain from your pants wrapped it around your hand and punched me in the back of the kidney when the ref wasn't looking. I don't recall that ever happening. Tried to seal the deal. That does sound sounds like something you would do, though, Peyton. 
I remember I remember specifically getting low blowed at one point and and then uh speared twice and then the referee making a quick three count. Now for those yeah. that those aren't aware, those that aren't aware, Dion and Peyton traveled up to Canada. What was the promotion that you guys wrestled for up there? We don't know. It doesn't have a name. Okay, so you guys traveled <laughs> up to Canada. You wrestled at an unknown Canadian wrestling company. We were under the assumption are, it was, what, WCCW? No, so they are affiliated with CCW. They're co-partnered with CCW Classic Championship Wrestling. Okay. They're co-partnered. <laughs> but it's not them. But you guys did wrestle... In a ring, yes. In a building, in front of a live Canadian audience. By the way, neither one of you brought back what I specifically requested, and that was official, authentic, real Canadian maple syrup. I'm a little, no, a little disappointed that was, about that. That was my fault because I was already giving Peyton some paranoia going into the border because I was freaking him out, and then on the way back. I was even doing much worse to where he was like fed up with it. So we weren't taking the chance of bringing anything back from America, from Canada. So I want to let you know that maple syrup is legal and you could bring it across the border. And you, you'll be is, the Mounties. The Mounties will not arrest you for, for that. One, you'd hate Canada because there's no target up there. So that's it. I'm not going. But you know what is no up target. there? There's a Toys R Us in Canada. I didn't, see, I didn't see one. But. I don't think it was where you guys went, but I know that there is a physical old school Toys R Us store. I think it might be one of the few left in the world. So the next time that you guys go wrestle up in Canada, I want to go up with you and, and maybe I can wrestle too. There are black squirrels up there, which kind of <laughs> blew our minds. So Yeah, and also that's what I was going to bring up too is, yeah, you definitely should join us because in August they do – they're doing this giant uh, yearly parade festival up in um, in Ontario, and the promoter did tell us that last year and the year before and the year before that, it averages anywhere around like 2,000 plus people just walking all over the streets, doing food trucks, concerts and stuff, and they set up the ring in the middle of the city, and the crowd just stops and enjoys some wrestling, so that is something we definitely need to do in August in Canada. Well, I need to get a passport. Uh, I've never been out of the country, so I need to get a passport. And then, yeah, I will go with both of you guys up to Canada. You know, there's a lot of Wells Maniacs up there in Canada because on Chartable, which can show me where our ranking is with all the wrestling podcasts out there in the world, we're actually ranked like 150 in Canada. So thank you to all the Canadian Wells Maniacs out there for running wild with us. Now, back to your guys' match, okay? I know we're breaking a little kayfabe here, but you know what? The Undertaker broke kayfabe. It's over. Kayfabe is dead. Uh, pay- what is that, Dion? What is going on in the background there? Was that, what, What's happening back there? Starbucks. You're ordering Starbucks. You're live, pal. You are live. You know what? Secretary got me Starbucks. You tell you tell that Starbucks before you pull off. You tell them to make sure they subscribe to the Wells Mania podcast. And I want to hear you tell Starbucks the barista that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about doing all that. Oh come on, man! This is a perfect time to plug. At least tell us what you're ordering. Yeah. What do you get? What do you get at Starbucks? Um, I get a venti white chocolate mocha with sweet cream and cold foam and extra caramel drizzle that right there is the official drink of Dion freeman aka pit and maybe starbucks will make uh that become available worldwide and put your name on it he ain't that lucky <laughs> yeah yeah i dream big here at the wells mania podcast all right so back to canada what was the paranoia going on at the border this so, idiot's over here telling me things like, oh, you know, when you get up there, the roads change and you're driving in different lanes and stuff. And <laughs> and I was already kind of freaked out because when I got up there, the, the they had put me in the wrong lane and then I had to back up and everybody, you know, and get in another lane. So I was already like kind of high anxiety and he's over here saying other crap. You know, I've been in the car with both of you, so I definitely know 
the shenanigans that that the three of us pull. I can only imagine foreign shenanigans. He paid for it later when I slapped the taste out of his mouth. Hey, barista at Starbucks, be sure to subscribe to the Wells Mania podcast. Thank you, and I really love that sugar cookie almond latte. It's really good. Also, what I did too is when we got to the border, uh, we pulled up, and the, obviously the the security guard asked, you know, you got your passports, and then I looked at paint and I go, "Are you sure this looks real?" And <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, while we've got you on the phone and we're talking about Canada, this is kind of off the top of my Hoosier Dome here. Mm-hmm. Dion, I'm going to ask you first. All right. Who is the greatest Canadian wrestler of all time? And there's quite a few of them to choose from, but I want to know Dion Freeman. Who do you have as the greatest Canadian professional wrestler of all time? Mm. I know I put you on the spot. You have a fun fact too. I don't know. It's hard because I'm I'm kind of biased by it because over at Black and Brave Wrestling Academy, everyone is not a fan of the Brett the Hitman Hart. I wonder why. I wonder why. Uh, could there yeah. possibly be some beef there between the Hitman and Seth freaking Rollins? <sighs> Probably shouldn't dive into that. But anyhow. We'll yeah, save that we, for next year. We definitely will. So, ooh, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go ahead. I think he's super underrated. Um, phenomenal talent. Uh, he deserves so much more out of his career, and it was unfortunate that he didn't. I'm going to go with Owen Hart. Wow, that's actually a pretty strong take right there. I, I, I do think that if Owen wouldn't have passed away so young, I do think that he probably could have been greater than his brother. However, him passing away early, unfortunately, we'll never know. Uh, but yeah, that and, and one hell of a wrestler right there. Yeah, it's documented. He beat his own brother at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's so true. WrestleMania 10. Brett, that's on them. I think Owen uh, a thousand times, and he definitely de- is deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what anyone says. I get the family stuff. I get WWE. I mean, that's, you know, past is past stuff. There's new ownership. There's new leadership and stuff. Like, they got to make that happen. You know, usually I never say never when it comes to WWE, but I, I don't ever think that Owen Hart will take his rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame, mainly because of his wife, Martha. And I totally understand uh, why. But he does deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. And I hate using the phrase, he'll never get in there. But hey, CM Punk's back, and Wells Mania predicted that happening. So, uh, Peyton, you look like you have an answer. Who do you think is the greatest Canadian professional wrestler of all time? Well, it's definitely not Bret Hart, because Bret Hart's very overrated. I'm going to go with... That's a bold take right there, too. It is a bold take, uh, and it's the truth, because that's all I speak is the truth. The greatest Canadian wrestler, in my opinion, is the guy that I actually paid homage to when I was in Canada, and I came oh so close to beating Dion with this maneuver until that referee slow-counted me. Uh, The master of the atomic drop... Mr. Pat Patterson. The first ever WWF Intercontinental Champion? Yes. Yes. Pat Patterson, in my opinion, is the greatest Canadian wrestler ever. And I used the atomic drop. I almost did it better than Pat. And I would have had the match won. But like I said, the referee, he was an absolute tool. And he cost me everything. Now, I will have Brett the Hitman Hart as my greatest canadian professional wrestler of all time because he is the best there is the best there was and the best there ever will be now peyton you said to me that you were going to just absolutely annihilate the canadian crowd i did did you do that like what were some things that you did to taunt the canadian crowd well for one uh, my my merch was just top notch at the Canadian show. Much like we all know, Brett screwed Brett. Uh, Pitt screwed Pitt. I saw that T-shirt and uh, well done. I would like that in a size 
extra large. Yes, and Dion did not know I was going to wear that until I put it on at the actual show. So I would like to get Dion's uh, reaction. What did you think when you when you turned around and saw that I had pit screwed pit on my t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Um, cute. <laughs> uh, I was <laughs> at first. I could, I didn't know what it was exactly. Because he was, you know, we were getting dressed and stuff. And then he comes around the quarter and goes, I got to bust this out. Start brushing the shirt. And then this hot pink and black shirt says, Pit screwed Pit. And I was, okay. <laughs> like, it definitely got the crowd reaction, that's for sure. Play it down all you want, but I got the most heat of anybody on that entire show. So I think it worked. Well, when are you releasing your your uh, new shirt? What What shirt would that be? The shirt that says uh, "Pit Pinned Pain." Oh, he went there. He went there. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, listen, I am proud of both of you for going up to Canada, wrestling out of the country for the first time in both of your professional wrestling careers. It definitely won't be the last time because come August, we're going back up there. I'm going with you. If that referee's listening, go fuck yourself. Oh, mean Gene Okerlund again. All right, Dion, I hope that you and the missus have a Merry Christmas and can't wait to see you in 2024, brother. Keep up the great success. The year of the pit bull of professional wrestling will be 2024. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. There he goes, Peyton. Shake, rattle, and roll. There he goes to pay off the referee that he uh, that he used to beat me in Canada. And uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure that they have a great relationship. And if I ever get the invite to Canada again, you know, I'm making it known right now. I want a rematch. Me versus Pitt. This time, no holds barred. So Pitt, why don't you reach out to your little buddy, the Lone Wolf, Keegan Demetra, whatever the hell his name is, and get the match booked. You, me, no holds barred, north of the border, one more time. You know, I've got one even better for you. I have been talking to Keegan via Wells Mania, and he wants to come on a future episode of Wells Mania podcast, so we will ask him ourselves in 2024. He will be one of our guests. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and give Keegan the rub here. His Twitter is at Keegan, that is K-E-E-G-A-N-R-W, at Keegan RW on the Twitter. Give our new friend of the Wells Mania podcast, Keegan Dimitri. How'd you pronounce his last name? I don't know. Dim- Dimitrovic, Dimitri something. Well, he will give us a proper pronunciation of his last name when he joins us on a future episode of Wells Mania Podcast, because he is based out of Windsor, Ontario. Is that where you guys went? Yeah, no, Windsor is right across the border. Fun fact. Fun facts for kids. If you travel across the border to go into Canada and you want your passport stamped, you have to ask them to stamp it. Otherwise, they will not. So the Quebecers will come after you. Yeah, or no, like if you if you just want the memento of getting your passport stamped. Oh, it's like a you have to tell them to stamp it, otherwise they won't stamp it. So it's for like a collect like collection or like travels. Yeah. Just just the mementos. Gu- the guy at the border, he was like, Here's your passports, eh? Was it the Mountie? He wasn't dressed like the Mountie. I was very disappointed. What the hell? So He had the accent of him, though. Do Mounties not dress like the Mountie back I, in the 90s? I don't know. I was expecting it to be like the Mountie on horseback, but it wasn't. And then I had to tell him, no, stamp my passport. So be sure to follow professional wrestler Keegan... Dimitrovic. Dimitrovic at Keegan RW. We will have you on, brother, and I cannot wait for that episode. Now, Peyton, you and I, and yes, right there, when you hear it, you know exactly what it is. Tom Sawyer by Rush. This song can be heard in one of the best movies of 2023, The Iron Claw. And for those that aren't familiar with, with what the Iron Claw is. It's a true story 
of the inseparable Von Erich brothers who make history in the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. Through tragedy and triumph, under the shadow of their domineering father and coach, the brothers seek larger-than-life immortality on the biggest stage in sports. Now, Peyton, the Iron Claw... You and I, we went to the movie theater, we both saw it, and I have been looking forward to talking about it right here on episode 105 of Wells Mania Podcast, the tragic story behind the Von Erich family. You're talking about a dominant family in Texas with so much promise and potential, and unfortunately, death overcomes almost all but one of the Von Erich brothers. Peyton, this movie was so damn good and so damn sad at the same time, but it's so compelling. And even though you and I are very informed and up to date on the Von Erichs, those that have no idea about the Von Erich family, this movie is still pretty good, and it tells a really good story. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, I highly recommend you go see it. Peyton, what was your take on the Iron Claw? Well, like, well, real quick, like you just said, even if you're not a wrestling fan, do yourself a favor and go see this movie. I'm pretty sure the couple that was sitting next to us in the theater last night was not a wrestling fan because I heard their reactions every time like something bad would happen and I could tell they had no idea where the story was going. So um, I almost feel like if you're not a wrestling fan, you may even enjoy it a little more than even if you are a wrestling fan because you don't know what's coming. You don't know how dark it's actually going to get. Um, and it is a dark, dark story, you know, it's a sad story and they, they fall, man, that their rise and fall is, is honestly pretty quick. You know, the Von Erich, uh, brothers, they, they rose to superstardom very fast. And as fast as they rose, they, they all fell like dominoes pretty quickly. And it, uh, it's, it's a tough tale to take in. And the casting for this movie, I thought that A24, which was the production company behind this, I thought they did a phenomenal job. Zac Efron is Kevin Von Erich. Now, you pointed out something to me. The real Kevin Von Erich was nowhere near as jacked as Zac Efron portrays him in this movie. Yeah, the the real Kevin, you know, was... I mean, he was in great shape, don't get me wrong, but he was always a little, like, taller and lankier in toned, where Zac Efron in this movie, I almost thought he was too big. I mean, he was, like, Batista jacked, and I'm like, I, Kevin was never that ripped back in the day, so that that probably is one of my nitpicks of it, is I just thought... Kevin's a little too buff, but, you know, that can be overlooked. Now, Jeremy Allen White, who many of you know from the TV show Shameless, he was Lip, he portrayed Carrie Von Erich, who is probably the most successful, most well-known Von Erich brother. He was the Texas Tornado, former WWF Intercontinental Champion back in the 90s, and uh, unfortunately, he is no longer with us. He took his own life back in the early 90s. And uh, Harris Dickinson was David Von Erich. And I thought this was a pretty good casting because the the, the cadence was right there. Uh, David Von Erich, really good on the mic. This actor did a really good job capturing that. And then you had Holt McColony, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but he was Fritz von Erich, the dad. And Fritz von Erich, you you nailed it when you were talking about Fritz von Erich. He's just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wanted a better life for his boys because all throughout his career, he was robbed of capturing the NWA World's Heavyweight title. He just never got that opportunity to capture the title that had eluded the family until Carrie Von Erich defeated the Nature Boy, woo, Ric Flair, who, by the way, there was an actor cast as Ric Flair in this 
Iron Claw movie, and I thought he did a... He did okay. He did an okay job. I mean, let's face it, it's really hard to be Ric Flair you know, if you're not Ric Flair. So I, I, I thought, applaud the effort. I thought a couple of the scenes in the movie, like the Ric Flair promo and even the Harley Race promo... I feel like they probably could have and should have used real footage there instead of having actors do it. I thought that that might have added a little bit more to the movie and then just use the actor in the actual like wrestling part of it. Um, I thought that would have been cool. Now, I did love that they used real footage of Carrie Von Erich versus Ric Flair when Carrie captured the NWA World's Heavyweight title. And they also used real footage of the Texas Tornado when he beat Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam to become the new WWF Intercontinental Champion. So I thought, you know, us being the suckers for nostalgia that we are, I loved seeing original footage shown in this movie. Now... I've got the Von Erich brothers in front of me, and I will just read off how old they were when they passed away. Now, there's only one brother that is still with us, and that is Kevin Von Erich. Kevin Von Erich is 66 years old. So Kevin Von Erich, and throughout the whole movie, they keep saying that the Von Erich name is cursed, the family's cursed. So the fact that Kevin Von Erich is still with us, he is breaking the curse as we speak because a lot of his brothers didn't even make it to half of Kevin Von Erich's age. David Von Erich passed away in Tokyo, Japan, when he was supposed to be on a push for the NWA World's Heavyweight title. He died at the age of 25, Peyton. Which is way, that is way too young. A year younger than me. Yeah. And then Carrie Von Erich, he died at the age of 33. Carrie, unfortunately, had a motorcycle accident where he had to get one of his uh, feet amputated. I don't know if a lot of you knew that or not, but the Texas Tornado wrestled on a prosthetic leg, which I think is incredible because I didn't know that until much later. Yeah. When I got older. Well, you know what's funny is um, there. There's a lot of guys who I've I've listened. You know, a lot of the older vets talk about it. And Kerry, he didn't want anybody to know that. And a lot of people actually tried to talk him out of it, saying like, "Man, if I were you, I'd use this because I think you'll get over ten times more." And people will respect you, and it'll be such an underdog, like, uplifting story that you can go out there and do this with one leg. And he just, he didn't want anybody to know it. And unfortunately, he fell into drugs and uh, just a lot of mental health problems, and he took his own life. And I was a big fan of the Texas Tornado when I was a little boy, watching him team up with the Ultimate Warrior and the Legion of Doom. That's my all-time favorite Survivor Series team. And then you had Mike Von Erich, who was more of a musician than a wrestler, but because when you're a brother in the Von Erichs, you're going to get into pro wrestling. I don't think Mike really wanted to be a he pro was, wrestler. He was pushed into it by his dad after uh, David died. Right. You know. And, and and Mike was only 23 when he died. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Mike was not, he never had the physique. He was never, he never had the size. He just, in no way, shape or form back in those days, should he have been a wrestler and, you know, being pushed into it, he paid the price for it. Now I did find this interesting. They didn't focus on Chris Von Erich. Chris Von Erich also was a wrestler and he died at the age of 21 in 1991. They didn't Talk about Chris Von Erich. Was Chris another brother? Yeah, he was another Von Erich brother. I thought that was really odd that he wasn't mentioned or featured in this movie. Because they talked about the very first Hmm. brother, which was Jack Jr. And he died when he was just a little boy. Yeah, he was like five or seven. He was in that range. So you had Jack, Kevin, 
David, Carrie, Mike, and then Chris Von Eric. So I'm not sure what the deal was with not mentioning Chris Von Eric, but that's another brother who's no longer with us. Kevin Von Eric is the lone survivor of the Von Eric brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what's funny is I re- now that you mention it, I do remember Chris being a brother because I remember them talking about it in Dark Side of the Ring, and that yeah, that's weird that he would wasn't in the film. I wonder if that had something to do with you know, the family not wanting him in it, or I don't know. This is odd. Yeah, and you noticed at the very end of that movie that Zac Efron, Kevin Von Erich, was playing with his two sons. Ross and Marshall, they are professional wrestlers, and those are Kevin Von Erich's brothers. And you brought up a good point afterwards. You asked me, why haven't these guys been in the WWE yet? And that's a great question. Yeah. You would think that with the prestigious wrestling name Von Eric, that they would at least get an opportunity to be a tag team in WWE. We'll have to ask WWE human encyclopedia Jared Giles why this hasn't happened yet. Maybe they just don't want to go there. But I mean, especially now under WWE's new regime, I feel like, why would you want to, to pass up on that opportunity? I mean, imagine having the, the, the last of the Von Eriks come in and do something with the bloodline. or I mean, that just has money written all over it. And then there's Lacey Von Erich, the daughter of Carrie Von Erich. She's a professional wrestler. She's been in TNA. So there's another Von Erich out there that possibly you, you bring up bloodline, you bring up Judgment Day. You could bring in the Von Eriks and have Ross, Marshall, and Lacey come in as a stable and have them go up against the Judgment Day. I mean, come on, Triple H. We're giving you money ideas here. Not that you need any more money ideas, but another reason why the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne, and Wells Mania need to get hired by WWE already. But yeah, man, the Iron Claw, such a powerful movie, and I highly recommend Everyone go see the Iron Claw. I think the saddest thing about the whole story of them, especially after watching the movie, is I feel like almost all of these disasters could have been avoided. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there was any of them where it was like, oh, there was no way out of that one. I think every single one of the deaths could have been avoided. Like, uh, you know, David's death if he would have just not been pushed as hard by the by the dad and went to the hospital when he was puking up blood he probably would have lived um mike should have never been in the ring to begin with and he was pushed into it by the dad carrie you know again should have never bought the motorcycle but then again, you can say that about a lot of things. Well, and then also, you know, spoiler alert, but if you already know the story, you know the story. It, you know, um, the Carrie's death's almost completely the dad's fault because Kevin told him, like, hey, keep an eye on Carrie until I get there. He, there's something not right with him. And then the dad didn't do that and left him by himself, and that's what allowed Carrie to get a hold of his dad's gun and take his own life. Um, and then even after Carrie's death, you know, he still really didn't care. I mean, he's like told Kevin, like, well, he called you, not me. It's just, I don't know, something about the, the parents in the Von Erich family just, I feel like they're to blame for a lot of it. I feel like the mom, especially when it comes to Mike's death, she deserves a lot of the blame, too, because Kevin went to the mom and said a couple times, hey... Uh, dad is way too hard on Mike. You know, he doesn't deserve to be pushed like he's being pushed. He's not one of us. He's not a wrestler. Can you please step in and say something? And then she just flat out refused and said, no, that's your guys' business. So I, just a lot of it could have been avoided. The Iron Claw running wild right now in a theater near you. Peyton and I both highly recommend it. Even if you're not a professional wrestling fan, Go see it, and if you are a professional, pro- 
And if you are a professional wrestling fan, which I know most of you who listen to the Wells Mania podcast are, this is a must movie for you to go see. Now, Peyton, Christmas, we are literally days away from Christmas, and this is episode 105, Wells Mania podcast Christmas special, and I love doing these kind of specials. We we do a Halloween special, and we do a Christmas special, and Peyton, I thought for the Wells Maniacs out there to get to know us a little bit better and to get everybody even more in the Christmas spirit, let's reveal our top five favorite Christmas songs. Now, we'll go back and forth. We'll start with five and work our way to one. What do you have at number five? I mean, I don't really have, like, a particular order, so I'm just going to list the five that I came up with. You always seem to do this. I don't. I don't have... I'm not like you. I don't have, like, a this is definitely fourth. I, I just... Now, I have a number one. The okay. other ones behind it are just kind of there. Okay, so... Two through five, or you you just throw them out there. What do you got? First, I got Blue Christmas by Elvis. That's a classic. That's a good one. That is a good one. So that, that every you know, and I don't feel like it's played enough on Christmas stations. Oh man, like, I hear it all the time on B one hundred five point seven. Really? Yeah, I haven't heard it once. I hear Elvis all the time singing Blue Christmas. Weird. Blue, blue, blue Christmas. I have not heard it one time this year. Like a like a remote. Uh, coming in number five on my list, and this might be one of the most underrated Christmas songs of all time. It's it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas by Johnny Mathis. I love Johnny Mathis. I don't feel like he gets the Christmas love that he deserves, but that song right there, it always puts me in the Christmas spirit. What do you got at number four-ish? I'm going to go with a classic, Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, I don't really have a particular version of it. I just, I like the song, so I'm going to go Frosty. Frosty the Snowman, a staple from our childhood. Uh, number four, and I get a lot of uh, blowback on this song. A lot of people aren't a fan of it, but once I hear it, I bop to it. I think it's a banger. It's Christmas Rapping by The Waitresses. This song is... <laughs> People don't like it, but I do. I love Christmas rapping by the waitresses. I don't know if I know that one. Well, here it is right here. Have you heard? You've never heard this song before? Oh, yeah, I've heard it. Okay. A couple times. Yeah, it it doesn't get the, the rub that it should, and it's in a few Christmas movies, but now that you've heard it, you're, you're going to hear it everywhere. Number three, what do you got on your list? Another one that is a, just an old classic that I like, and I really any version of it will do. Uh, I've always been a fan of The Little Drummer Boy, so that's a good one. I like the I like the beat of it. That is also Angela Martin from The Office's favorite Christmas song. She knows taste, then. The Little Drummer Boy. Yeah. Uh, number three on mine is Christmas Eve, uh, Sarajevo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Twelve twenty-four by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, also featured in The Office when Dwight goes, "Yeah, Christmas!" Because that is a rock Christmas song right there. I love the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I've never been to see it. Oh, man. I've never seen it live, but every year Christmas rolls around, that's a staple that I listen to on repeat throughout the month of December. Maybe next year we should go and see it live. That's a great idea. Number two, what do you got? Christmas Down in Africa. That's a good one. I totally forgot all about that song. Most people do, but I I love it. I, I bop every time to that. Number two on my list is Do They Know It's Christmas? by Band-Aid. You get a variety of 80s artists on this one and you can't go wrong. It's a timeless classic. And then I also love that John Cena, who I once drank a PBR with John Cena, he sings this song in Daddy's Home too. (laughs) If you remember the towards the end when they're all by the Christmas tree. I, I can't say I do. They start singing Do They Know It's Christmas and John Cena starts singing it it's a bop. It's an 80s banger and comes in at number two on my top five favorite Christmas songs of all time. What do you got at number 
one. I mean, I, I feel like this one's not very shocking, but you know me well enough to know that number one's definitely going to be you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You know, you really are a heel. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling that the Grinch would be number one on yours because he's the all-time heel in Christmas. You know what? When I get that no-holds-barred match with Dion, I'm going to hit him with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. I see what you did there. I like that. And number one on mine, we came in with episode 105, Last Christmas by Wham, arguably the GOAT of Christmas songs. And if you don't agree, you're just wrong. George Michael, Andrew Ridgely, Wham! Last Christmas, coming in at number one on my top five favorite Christmas songs of all time. You, the Wells Maniacs, tweet at Wells Mania. Let me know what your all-time favorite Christmas song is, and I will retweet it on the Twitter. Now, Peyton, you can't have Christmas without Christmas movies, and there are a lot of Christmas movies out there. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you've been paying attention on my social media my V Kyle Wells social media page, but I've been doing a 25 days countdown to Christmas and every day I feature a different Christmas movie. And that's not even how many Christmas movies there are. There are like hundreds of Christmas movies, but I've narrowed it down to 25 and I've actually been going in order of my favorites. So a little fun fact, fun facts for kids, right? That's a shout out to the hammer and Nigel show right there. But Peyton, did you rank your top five favorite Christmas movies at least? Yeah, it was hard because there's so many of them, but I, I did come down to a top five list. What comes in at number five? Got, it's got to be Rudolph. I mean, that's like everybody's classic. You know what I mean? I mean, how do you not love the Abominable Snowman and Yukon Cornelius? And what, what's the elf that wants to be a dentist? What's his name? I can't remember... But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I got to go Rudolph. Yeah, coming in number five is Elf with Will Ferrell. That arguably, I know that's probably going to be higher up on a lot of people's lists. Not mine. You don't have to worry about it. But I thought that putting Elf at number five was a perfect spot. And uh, it, it's a really warm Christmas movie and I'm a sucker for nostalgia it features James Caan Ed Asner, Bob Newhart I mean these are legends in TV and movie and unfortunately Peyton only Bob Newhart is still alive and still with us when it comes to the uh older actors in this movie that's a movie that I used to love and I've kind of Year after year, I've fallen un-in love with it. I feel like it's overdone, and I feel like too many people talk about it as being the greatest Christmas movie ever, and it's just kind of, in my mind, run its course. So you think it's overrated? Uh, I mean, I can still sit down and watch it. I just think... It's been it's it's gotten the John Cena rub in my eyes where it's been driven down my throat so much that I'm just kind of like, I don't really care if I see it again. The John Cena of Christmas movies. Elf. What do you got at number four? So number four is I got Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn. With yeah. Vince Vaughn. I love this movie. Paul I, Giamatti as Santa Claus. Yes, it's fantastic. It's funny. By the end of it, it's it's actually pretty emotional, but it's got a great story. I and Vince, how do you not love Vince Vaughn? He's amazing in everything. Vince Vaughn also in Four Christmases with Reese Witherspoon. That's another good one. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. He a uh, couple Christmas movies under his belt. Yeah, no, I mean Fred Claus though is not going to be topped. Number four on my list is Home Alone Two, which is my favorite Home Alone movie. I know a lot of people love... That's the, the one where he's in New York. Like, correct. In lost New York, in New York yeah. City. I know a lot of people love the original, and don't get me wrong, the OG is great, but my favorite Home Alone movie is Home Alone 2, because I love Kevin in New York and setting all those traps for Marvin Harry, and the most epic line in any Christmas movie by Daniel Stern, suck brick, kid, as he throws a brick... At Kevin McAllister. And plus, Tim Curry is in Home Alone 2. And WWE Hall of Famer, 
President Donald Trump makes a cameo appearance in Home Alone 2. He does. Rob Schneider's in Home Alone 2. I mean, I don't feel like Home Alone 2 gets the love and respect that it deserves because a lot of people have Home Alone as the goat of the Home Alone movies. Not me. Home Alone 2, I love you. What movie do you have at number three? So for number three is actually a very recent film, and you may not have even seen this movie. If you haven't, do yourself a favor and see it because it is absolutely amazing. It is Violent Night with David Harbour. You know what? My girlfriend and I just watched that Did for you the just first time it? a couple nights ago badass movie <laughs> isn't it not amazing it's so good it's it's it just came out i believe last year and i actually went to the theater and saw it and i walked out of that going like move over die hard because you just got replaced for an even better hardcore action christmas film and for anybody that hasn't seen it it's basically about Santa Claus, who is just tired of being Santa. He feels like nobody loves Christmas anymore, that no kid respects him anymore, and he's just over it. He's actually saying, like, this is going to be his last Christmas ever. And then he goes to this really rich family's house who is uh, being held hostage on Christmas Eve and being robbed. And there's a little girl there that he ends up connecting with and... Basically, Santa's a badass, and he used to be a Viking and just goes on this rampage to save this family and takes out all these thugs, and it's just so good. And David Harbour crushes it. Hopper, Hopper from Stranger Things, yeah. He did a phenomenal job in that movie, and uh, which transitions into my number three because the mom... In Violent Night, Ellen Griswold, Mm -hmm. who is the wife to Clark Griswold, Christmas Vacation, Peyton, comes in at number three on my all-time favorite Christmas movies. And the older I get, the more nostalgic I become when I watch Christmas Vacation because I love the scene when Cousin Eddie and Clark go to Walmart because they're in an 80s style Walmart and I'm just a sucker for nostalgia and then there's the scene when Clark is up in the attic watching the old home movies that one kind of hits the heartstrings because you start thinking about the home movies that you made when you were a kid and decades later man we're we're Clark Griswold watching old home movies. You know what I realize is, is nobody really makes home movies anymore. Everybody just has a video on your phone or pictures. Nobody actually uses a, like a camcorder to record home movies anymore. Very rare. You know what? We should bring that back. Let's bring back the camcorder. We should. What do you got at number two? So for number two, I've got, I don't know, I this has always been a yearly watch for me and my family. Uh, 1994's remake of The Miracle on 34th Street with Richard Attenborough. Welcome to Jurassic Park. And uh, it's got the little girl in it that was the, I don't remember her name, but she played Matilda in the, you know. in Oh, the yeah, Mara Wilson. Yep. So uh, 1994's Miracle on 34th Street. Have you ever seen that version? Uh, it's been probably since the 90s since I've seen that yeah, one. No, but Richard Attenborough, an amazing actor, and he he plays Santa and he kills it. And he looks like Santa in Jurassic Park. He does. With his white beard and glasses. One of the greatest movie roles ever. Oh, yeah. Coming in at number two, this one is very underrated. This one hits with me because I'm an action figure collector. I'm talking about Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, who goes on an epic quest to chase down Turbo Man for his son, Jamie. And by the way, spoiler alert, Christmas happens on December 25th every single year. It's never changed. It's always been on December 25th. So stop waiting until the last minute to go get your gifts. Buy your gifts in advance or else you'll end up like Arnold and Jingle All The Way who has to pretty much 
be Turbo Man to get a Turbo Man for his son when he could have just bought it when his wife told him to buy it months ago. That's my PSA here on the Wells Mania podcast. But Peyton, I love Jingle All the Way because not only does it have Arnold and Sinbad in it, but it's got well, it's the Big Show. Big Show when he was giant in WCW. He makes a cameo in this movie. It's just a, such a fun movie because as an action figure collector, I do love the chase of trying to find an action figure that I so want for my collection. So this movie, it hits home with me, comes in at number two. What is your number one all-time favorite Christmas movie. It takes number one on both my lists. Number one has got to be Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. This is my yearly Christmas Eve movie. I watch it every year on Christmas Eve. I never get tired of it. I love it. In my opinion, it possibly is Jim Carrey's greatest role ever. Ah. I mean, that's it. I'm not going. You, like, the, do you? The dude went through actual like uh, CIA torture preparation protocols for this movie role. I did not know that. Yeah, like this, they actually had CIA agents come in and teach him how to withstand torture because that's how painful the the prosthetic. Um, makeup was every single day. I think it was like an eight-hour process. Wow, it's one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. Phenomenal performance by Jim Carrey. Now, coming in at number one, you talked about Christmas Eve. Coming in at number one on my all-time favorite Christmas movie list, I watch it every Christmas Eve because there's a marathon on TNT and TBS that goes into Christmas Day. I'm talking about a Christmas story. Peyton, I've been watching this movie ever since I was a little boy. I would watch it with my family when family members were still with me. Those family members have passed on. I still watch it to this day, and it just reminds me of growing up, and I'm very nostalgic. This movie really, truly hits home with me. It is my favorite Christmas movie of all time, and I don't care how many times I've seen it, year in and year out, how many times on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day when I get an opportunity to sit in front of the TV, I am watching a Christmas story. Now on Christmas Day, I might watch some basketball or some football if there's some NBA and NFL on, but man, I tell you what, A Christmas Story is a monster Christmas movie. That is Peyton's top five favorite Christmas movies of all time. Those are my top five favorite Christmas movies of all time. What is your favorite Christmas movie of all time? Tweet at Wells Mania and let us know. Now, Peyton, you've been somewhat nice nicer than normal this year you still got a lot of naughtiness to you I I wouldn't know what list if I was Santa to put you on with that being said what would you like for Santa to bring to you and we're talking about WWE so what is atop your WWE Christmas list that you hope to get for Christmas this year? I believe I mentioned it on the last episode. Uh, I want the Hall of Fame uh, replica Kane Legacy Championship belt. That's what I want. As you know, I am a massive Kane fan. He's one of my all-time favorites, and Kane is going to be at Squared Circle Expo 4 uh, in the in the new By year, God, it's Kane! and I want the Legacy Championship belt so I can have him sign it at Squared Circle Expo, and I can proudly hang it on my wall. Man, that would be awesome for your collection. By the way, Squared Circle Expo, the guest list is incredible. There are so many Hall of Famers and legends that I'm excited to meet for the very first time. So I really hope that Santa does deliver and bring you that Kane replica title so you can get it autographed next year in 2024 at Squared Circle Expo 4. Now, my 
number one thing or a couple things that I really hope Santa brings me. A better laptop? Well, yeah, I really would like a new laptop, but that's not wrestling related. I want the Cody Rhodes Walmart exclusive Funko Pop. I saw it when it first came out. I looked at it. I even held it in my hand. And for some reason, I did something that I rarely ever do. Oh, no. You did what I did with the CM Punk pop back in the day. And I did it with the CM Punk one, too. (laughs) I sat it back down, and I went on my way. And then when I went back to the store, it was gone. And I have not seen it since. And Peyton, I got on Walmart's website It's going for $90. If I want to buy it on Walmart.com, $90 when I could have got it for $11.97 that day that I saw it. So that right there is atop my WWE Christmas list. I also want the first time in the line LA Knight, yeah, action figure because I'm a sucker for first time in the lines. As a matter of fact, I bought two earlier today, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I saw their first time in the line action figures at Walmart. And the reason why I like first time in the line is because that's their rookie figure. And if you have a rookie action figure, the value on those rookie action figures only goes up as time goes on. So if you see a first time in the line action figure, that figure is going to be worth money there's a little inside tip for all you collectors out there it'll be worth money if that person ends up becoming a star you're also taking a gamble because some of these people may just go away and never amount to anything it's always an investment but sometimes too when they stop making figures if that's their only figure it doesn't matter what success they attained that's the only figure that they made. It's going to be hard to find. It's true. They become rarer in that instance. So those are the two things that I've got atop of my WWE Christmas list. What do you hope, the Wells Maniac, what do you hope that Santa brings you WWE-wise? Tweet at Wells Mania. Peyton, before we go, I just want to say I hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas, and I hope that You all enjoy the time that you will spend with each other. Before we go, plug your social media. Oh, real quick. I thought of one other thing I want. Santa, if you're listening. Which he is. uh, Rhea Ripley. Just just put her under the tree and and I'll be happy. That's just screw the cane belt. Put Rhea under the tree. It's all I need. And and I'll be good. Uh, But other than that, you can find me on Twitter at stone pain prod and please do yourself a favor and go and follow wrestle with this on youtube at smash mouth wwt on twitter we will be back bigger badder and bolder in 2024 as we have announced heavy rain will be the first show of the year in 2024 you do not want to miss that Rhea Ripley for Christmas. Let me know if Santa delivers on that. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Wells Mania. Like me on Facebook, at Wells Mania. I'm on Instagram, at Wells Mania. And I also do it on the TikTok, at Wells Mania. And wherever it is in the world, it could be in Canada, eh? Be sure to subscribe and follow the Wells Mania podcast. Leave us a five-star review. And like I said earlier, the only way that this show keeps getting better is because of you. You, the Wells Maniac. You are the reason why Peyton and I are so damn good at what we do. Your support, it goes a long way, and we've got big things coming in 2024. And we've got one more episode for 2023. It is the year-end Wells Mania podcast award show. Peyton will reveal the first ever Stony. It's a Peyton Payne exclusive award. I can tell you right now, if nobody sends a promo in, ain't nobody getting it. Peyton might award it to himself. Because nobody thus far has sent in a promo like we have asked you to send in. So you're all slacking. And I will reveal the 2023 Wells Maniac of the Year. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for running wild with us. I hope each and every single one of you have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday. Until next episode, take care, stay positive, run wild, and dominate the day!